So thankful that you chose to download and listen to this podcast. I've been so blessed and as I'm coming closer to 7,000 downloads so far, I'm able to provide them free of charge. But today I want to ask you for a favor if you can. The way I reach people is by ranking in the search results on Google and on Apple iTunes. And if you can give me a rating, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, um, and if you'd like to give me a rating or a review, I'll be so thankful and uh, it would help me reach a broader audience and with that said I want to thank you again and enjoy this message God bless Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 if then you have been raised with Christ seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your minds on the things that are above not on the things that are on earth For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, um, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming, and these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its its practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but in Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint uh, complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Can you say that? Perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, in which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of, of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Can you say amen? All right, could you bow with your heads right now? We're going to pray that God will give me strength and God will open your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for tonight, for your presence in this place. And I ask you right now, God, that you give me clarity of mind. And Father, that I be able to deliver the message that you placed on my heart, Lord. Lord, I also pray that you open every single heart. Father, we want to be changed and transformed by the power of your love, Lord. Father, you said that your word, when it goes out, it doesn't come back empty. And tonight we trust that this word will come and do the work that it needs to do in our hearts, Lord God. Change and transform us. Make us who you want us to be, Lord. Father, I pray that we would be the people you called us to be to the city, Lord God. That we would be the city on the hill you called us to be. To be a beacon of hope, O God. 
Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray and everyone said, amen. Well, if you ever tried to write your name into something, you kind of know my childhood because for whatever reason, I was obsessed with writing or carving my names into the bark of trees. I know a lot of people would have a problem with that now, but at that time, nobody cared. And I lived, I lived on the farm and uh, my parents had 12 sheep. I remember it very vividly. And I was a little bit of a shepherd boy where I had to go and tend to the sheep about eight, nine years old. And I hated it. I, I couldn't stand it. I mean, eight hours of just watching the sheep eat grass. I mean, that gets boring really quick. But I figured maybe God is trying to do something. So maybe today is shepherding sheep, tomorrow maybe people. So I think God was already working on me and on my heart at that time. But in those hours, you get extremely bored. And I had this, this knife that, you know, one of those that you open and you kind of fling around. And I would carve my name into a lot of trees. And then you go back after some time and you saw how the tree sort of grew around that carving. You've done that before too. I know specifically there's a couple here that likes to write their names in the sand. I'm looking at you, Edward. Right? We like putting our names on things. If you're dating, if your name is Johnny, I don't know, you write Johnny plus Audrey, well, whatever the name of your girlfriend is, equals hearts. If you're single, you probably will write Johnny was here. <laughs> right? You've done that before, Right? And we do that on, on carving it into trees. We carve it on little, like, you know, some people spray paint their name. Some people write it in the sand, which I don't understand, because if your relationship is written in the sand, you know that when the high tide comes in, there it goes your inscription. Hope that's not a representation of your relationship. I'm just saying. So I don't understand why people do that in the sand, but we've got to move past that. The point is, we like to put our names on things. We like to sort of build monuments for, our, you know, pe- for people that we love. If you happen to live in the Slavic community, we have a really hard time showing affection to, to, to our parents, and our parents have a really hard time, especially our parents have a really hard time showing us affection. Like, for example, my dad, I was like 23 the first time I hugged my dad, and he was just stiff. And I was like, okay, well, this is a start. Um, one of my friends, like, Slavic, I told my dad I love him, and he just sort of didn't know how to reply. He just stared at me. I'm like, well, that's progress. Um, but when they do die, when people that we love die, in the Slavic community, for whatever reason, we decide to build these massive, like, tombstones, right, with, with their engraved image, which never looks right, right, to just sort of remember that this person lived. We like to do that. We, we like to do that about our accomplishments. We have our medals. We put our names on our lunch boxes because you don't want people to, to eat your stuff. The, there's a purpose behind that, but we like to let people know that that belongs to me, where I was here, where, hey, we're together, and this will be forever, whatever, <laughs> right? Like, 
I didn't plan on having rhyming, but like we, we, we do that. And I think one of the reasons we do that is because we try as much as we can to have some permanence when we know that everything that we go through is temporary. So we like to remember things like that. We like to have some kind of symbol, some kind of statue, some kind of inscription that will remind us that this is somewhat permanent because our lives change constantly. You're not the same person you were in 2019 because 2020 had a toll on all of us. I mean, gravity took a toll on us in 2020 because we ate a lot more. We stayed home, right? So I think one of the reasons we do that is because we want to have a level of permanence, some, something in our lives. But if you think about this, we do this not just with our inscriptions. We build Instagram accounts because we want people to validate who we are. With every single follow, with every single like, we want people to tell us that we matter. We're not invisible and we are here. We, we, we do that. Because I think at the end of the day, the reason we do that is because we want to have some permanence. Let me ask you this. Who's the president right now? Donald Trump. Who's the president before Donald Trump? You guys can say it. Obama. Before that, who was the president before that? Bush. Who was the president before that? Okay. Who was the president before that? Bush. Who was the president before that? That's where it kind of gets tough now, doesn't it? Okay, who was the president before that? I want you to listen to me. These are people who everyone, everyone's attention was on them for four to eight years. And 20 years, 30 years removed, we have no idea who these people are. These are people that for four years, there was at least one article talking about them. These are people who have accomplished a lot. And we don't remember their, their, their names. Good luck putting your name on things. Because the inevitable truth is that we will die and we will be forgotten. And I know this is the depressing part of the message, so just feel free. I mean, it's part of 2020, so there's that. We don't remember who was the president 30 years ago. Now, some of you guys are history buffs, so you, you know these things. But for the most part, people don't remember. And these are people who for four to eight years, everyone talked about in the whole country. They were on TV, they were on radio, and we don't remember who they were. Good luck having your inscription be remembered because you carved your name on the tree somewhere. So what am I leading to? What I'm leading to is that we live this life and it's temporary and we try desperately to make a mark. We want our mark. We want to make a difference. We want to be significant. And that's why we build these altars to you know, be it on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever, because you want people to, to remember you. That, hey, I was a person. People need to know my name. And, and, and we, we, we do that kind of things. But, and here's what we do. We put, we think that we can be remembered if we just perform, if we just do a lot of things. And you know what that leads to? 
exhaustion. At some point, you realize, I can't work 24 hours a day. I tried to do full-time school and full-time work, and after years of doing that, I came down with, with pneumonia, and <laughs> I had to leave my job. Right? You, you, can't, you can't rely on performance to sort of have some permanence of who you are as a person. Right? If you are constantly trying to pursue possessions, right? Like I want to build that house, you know, I want to build that that big building where somebody would, you know, <laughs> wait until somebody else acquires that building. If you think about this, every single house that we buy, every single car that we buy, every single building, every single business that you open, you are literally just renting it because one day it will pass on to somebody else. So if you are hoping to have permanence, if you are hoping for people to remember because you have certain level of possessions, good luck. Because the moment that exchanges hands, nobody, nobody will remember you. Right? If we are hoping to be remembered by position that we hold. You know, I was this, this great president once. Except 30, 40 years later, most people don't even know who you are anymore. If you're hoping that your life will have significance because you have a specific position. Now, of course, we, we do have writers and we have people that have made a difference, right? And, and they stuck around. But for the most part, unless you've left books and books. and But even like if I said things like uh, people like Thomas Aquinas or St. Augustine, unless you're a theology major, most of you guys would say, I'm guessing that's, that's a godly man. Most of you don't really know a lot of like history, like people that, that made a difference, right? If you are trying to have permanence and have significance because you are chasing the latest trend in culture, oh boy, <laughs> this one changes quick on you. I mean, remember when we were walking around with like parachute pants? You don't remember it because I did it and that was way before you came on the scene. But I'm just saying... There was a time where people thought parachute pants are cool. And there was a time where jeans, they were like up to here. You know, your, your, you know, your jeans were up to here. And there was jeans that were really tight, you know. And apparently it's still in, in style now, but whatever. And then it was all the Abercrombie ripped jeans. Things changed quickly. And then you feel like oh, I'm no longer in, in style. But you see, this is not a new concept. The Bible talks about this. The Bible makes it very clear on um, James 4, 13. It says this, um, it, it, it speaks in regard to this person that thinks that they have a lot of plans. And he says, come now, you who, you say, who, who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know that tomorrow will, what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are amidst that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Have you ever watched midst coming from whatever you're cooking? How long does that last? That's the illustration that they include here. James talks about your life. Since your life is like a midst. It's here and it's gone. It's gone. Psalm 103.14 makes it even a, a different point here. And he says, for he knows our frame. God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Well, that's reassuring to know. As for man, his days are like grass. 
He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. It says, for men are like grass of the field. They come, it just comes up, and then the sun, when the sun hits it, it just dries up, and then the wind comes and just removes the grass, and then the place itself no longer knows that that grass ever existed in that place. And that's the illustration that is given from man. We are temporary. Our life is like a midst in the, and if we don't get a hold of that and we start to invest in things that are temporary, this will not end up good. So what is the solution? What is the solution that we have? The solution is this, as we read this Colossians 3, 1. It says this, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above Not things around us, but above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So right hand in in the Bible always symbolizes power. So Jesus is is an authority at the right hand of God, right? He says, seek the things that are above. So don't, don't be... Uh, put off by what's happening in 2020, but look at things that are eternal. Look at things from God's perspective and know that God is in control. He is sovereign over everything that we're dealing with in 2020. Do not be fooled by the details of 2020. Put your hope, put your trust, think on the things that are above, and that is Christ. Right? And it goes on verse 2. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things of the earth. Because if I look at the earth and I'm trying to make a name for myself, it's kind of really disappointing because you spend your whole life working for what? Even if you become the, the, the president, people forget you within 30, 40 years. So put your minds above, not on the things of the earth. When Christ, who is your life, then you also will appear with him in glory. So how do we make a difference? By seeing things not from an earthly perspective, but from God's perspective. Not be put off by the details and the politics and putting our trust in, 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 in you know, political parties, but putting our trust in Christ. If you have been going to your work and you show up to your job and you're just as frustrated as everybody else with the elections, and you're just as mad as everyone else, That should be indication that your hope is not in Christ. Your hope is on the things of this world. If you are, you know, sign petitions, and of course, those things have their place. But if you're trying to do all these things without putting your hope in Christ, you're in for a big surprise. Because even if you win, you still lose. Here's what... The scary part, so we're kind of building up to the most scary part of the whole thing, and then we're going to give you guys the good news, so that's going to be good, all right, before you leave, so. <laughs> but in Matthew seven twenty one says this, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, rather, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many things and works or mighty works in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, 
you workers of lawlessness. So here you have some people that went to church. They cast out demons, apparently. They did a lot of the things that a lot of us do on a daily. But Jesus looks at them and says, I don't know who you are. I don't know why you keep on insisting that you know me. You don't. And this is the scariest part, is that if you live your whole life, and at the end of your life you hear this, that that you are not known by God. That's the scariest part. So what's important? Important is not to make a name for yourself. Important is not to write your names on buildings and, and, and trees on sand. No, of course, if you do that, that's your thing. But make sure that your ultimate thing that you are seeking is to, know, to be known by God. Because this is how it works. You were created to know God and be known by God. You are created to know others and be known by, by, by others. It's interesting that in Genesis, we talks about, you know, Adam and Eve. It didn't say that, it doesn't say that Adam slept with Eve, right? It says, Adam knew Eve and they conceived a child. And I'm like, why would you use the word know her? Well, because apparently when you sleep with somebody, you really get to know them, right? So, so that's the, the most intimate form of knowing a person. We're all adults here. We're, we can talk about this, right? <laughs> I should like give you guys a valve to laugh because it's okay. It's, um, so to know is to deeply, intimately know, right? Like, so, and you are created for that. And these things that you're trying to do, building a name for yourself, like all these things that you're trying to do, you're trying to fill something in your heart that is there. You are designed to know God and for God to know you, but you're filling it with things that are temporary when you should be pursuing the things above, not on the things below, not, on the, not, not, not pursuing the earthly things. So my question to you tonight, I think one of the most important questions in 2020 that I can possibly ask you is, does Jesus know who you are? You can say, well, you know, I know the senator, knows my name. Does Jesus know who you are? Oh, Trump, I, I just you know, one time, like I saw him from, I'm pretty sure he saw me too, so he knows. No, does Jesus know who you are? This is a question that we need to really think about because it has eternal consequences. So how do you know if you are heavenly-minded and you're not earthly-minded? How do you know if Jesus really knows you? Well, this in Colossians 3.1, it makes it very clear that if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things of the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden in Christ. So you are, you are dead to this. And your life is hidden in Christ. You live not for your own pleasure, your own name, your own glory. Now, some of, some, some of you guys will be offended by this, and that's okay. If you're offended, there's a lot of people that left Jesus. And if you don't like me after this, we can probably still be friends, but it's fine. The point is, people left Jesus. Is your life hidden in Christ? Does Jesus know you? Now, I know I'm kind of 
saying the same thing over and over and over. But I want you to really think about this, guys. This is the most important thing that we'll answer this year. Does he know you? Because if he knows you, here are the, the things that will follow if, if Christ knows you. If you are hidden in him, you know you will be doing every, every single day. Verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. If you're in Christ, you will put to death the things that are of, of this earth. And they, 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 he goes on to, to, to list them. Sexual immorality. If you have a pornography addiction, that means that if you have to get a, a accountability and a filter software, I had this for years and years. Every single time I buy a device, the first thing that I do is install accountability and filtering software. This software is so nice now that it takes screenshots. So anytime you do anything that is remotely uh, risque, if that's, uh, it will send it to your accountability party. Look what Slack is up to. And then you have to have a conversation with that person like, yeah, you know, and it's, it's, sometimes it's just weird stuff and it's like, that, that's not what I even search for. It's just, anyway, but if you know you're, if you, you want to know what, uh, what's been going on in my life, I'm pretty straightforward. Like, but for years, for the last decade, the first thing that I do is install that on your phone. But that's not going to be it though. Because if, even if you don't have access to it anywhere, if your life is not hidden in Christ, if you are not finding your satisfaction and comfort in Christ, that thing is not going to help you. You will, you will find ways to get around it. So th- there, there is an emptiness that needs to be filled by Christ, so you're not running to that. Right? So sexual immorality, you'll be putting that to death. A, a different translation says mortify, kill it. I think John Owen, I think, said this, that either you kill sin or sin will kill you, right? Kill daily sexual immorality, impurity in your thoughts. What kind of thoughts do you have? Are they, are they pure thoughts? Are they clear? If they're not, put your mind on the Christ's authority. Passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. When you start to to be envious and jealous of other people's stuff, and you start to idolize relationships, cars, money, power, fame, whatever the the thing is, right? Put to death idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. um, In these, you too once walked. So this is not just, you know, it's, it's weird how like a lot of times people come up to me and say, hey, can I, can I repent? Can I, can I confess something to you? And they feel like the, they're the only person struggling with this. And I'm like, you're not the only one. I'll put you in the 80%. Right? It's, it's not like you're struggling with something that other people haven't struggled with. Right? And Apostle Paul says, in these things, you too once walked when you were living for them or in them. But now you must put them all away. Your anger, wrath, malice. Malice is when you, and slander, malice is when you have like malicious intent, right? You want to destroy somebody, right? Or slander, where a person's not present and you just go on and you spill the tea and the coffee and everything that comes after that, right? And you just go off and you just murder the, that person's character by slandering them. Or obscene talk. A lot of people say things like, well, Slavik, you know, you might look at what I say, but God knows my heart. And you're like, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're speaking it, where do you think that comes from? 
you guys know this example, but one time, um, like my hand, I was moving, so I was a youth pastor at North Campus, and I asked one of my friends from North Campus to come and move like a washer, and my hand got stuck in between the washer and the wall, and I wanted to say something, and it came out the wrong word, and the guy just looked at me like, pretend like he didn't hear it, and I was like, David, I know you heard it, <laughs> and then I just had to go before the Lord, and like, Lord, like, I don't, I don't say that kind of stuff, like, how? Where in the heart did that, how did that come in? Like, God, how did this, but if you're saying this on a daily and it doesn't bother you, you should worry. Because that tells me the Holy Spirit is not convicting you and that is dangerous, my friends. Right? So slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. If you have a record of always not telling the truth, seeing that you have put off the old self, so, so anytime, uh, like, again, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I, I remember I had like some massive road rage and one day I just like, it, it was weird where I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And now every single time somebody cuts me off, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just gonna bless you. And, and it's weird because like normally you'd think, oh, it might take you a whole process. But the moment I made that decision, somehow, somehow I was able to completely stop. And I still don't understand it. Now I, now I understand it because it's the Holy Spirit. It wasn't really me. How do you just stop like cold, like, like that? Like how do you just stop? Well, because you're not doing it in your own strength. You're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Do not lie to one another. Putting on the old practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there, uh, here the, then, it, here there is no Greek and Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Scythian, slave, free, but in Christ is all and in all. So, so if you have a problem with racism, here there's no Greek or Jew. There, there is, no matter where you came from, you can't exalt yourself and say, well, I'm just better because I was born here or not. Circumcised or uncircumcised, meaning you're either coming from like the kind of like the religious background or you coming from, so if you went to a religious Russian or uh, Romanian church and then you went uh, to a different church where maybe somebody is, has more freedom than you do and you start to fight with them. It's like, wait, you can't be doing that. In Christ, there's no longer that. You don't define yourself in camps and like, oh, you're Moldovian, I'm Ukrainian. Oh, you're religious, you're conservative, I'm liberal, this and that. Like you, you, you can't be doing, in Christ, we're all brothers and sisters. We are, we are beloved, we are friends in Christ. But in Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience. Bearing with one another, even if one of you has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. So we are told to put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. I think one of the most attractive thing in a person is to have, I would call it maybe a humble confidence, right? Like they're confident in who they are. 
They don't go around and talk about how they have to put everyone down because they're important. They're walking in humility, but they, they know who they are in Christ Jesus. So they're confident, but they're also walking in humility. Meekness and patience. If someone has done you wrong, but you forgive one another, can you go to the cross and say, Lord, I cannot forgive this person when, when you look at the cross, what Jesus has done for us? Can you actually say that I cannot forgive this person? You see, we don't forgive because, you know, those people deserve it. Most of the times when you have to forgive someone, those people usually don't deserve to be forgiven. You forgive because Christ has forgiven you. You are compassionate because our Lord and Savior was compassionate to you. You are kind because the Lord, our God, has been kind to us. We are walking in humility because Jesus, though being God, did not count it something to, to be grasped, but he came here on earth and became like one of us. He humbled himself and walked amongst us. And not only that, but he washed the disciples' feet. Jesus took the, the, the kind of like the idea that we have of a CEO, right? Like the CEO is on top and you have general managers, managers, and then you have the workers, right? Jesus flipped the whole pyramid and said, okay, the greatest of you will serve the least of you. So if you think you are great, the call of Jesus is for you to serve everybody else, to outdo each other in honor, to outdo each other in forgiveness and compassion and kindness. And above all else, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. If you are struggling in all the other departments, just learn how to love people. And all the other departments will come in just perfectly. Trust me on this. Have you noticed how people that you actually like and you enjoy being around, you can put up with a lot more. Have you noticed that? Like, there's people that you don't like, and everything they do, like the way they eat, the way they talk, it just annoys you. And then you have that person that you are somewhat fond of, like, people even say that, like, right, like, people that you like, and they can do so much more, and you're like, they just didn't mean it, like, it's fine. Why? Because you cover that in love. You, 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 you put up with a lot more because you truly care about that person. We'll do that to everybody. That's what you're called in Christ Jesus. It's not just to show that to your favorite. James talks about this. Like, hey, if you have somebody that comes in your church and somebody's rich, don't put them in front. Don't just favor people because they're good-looking, rich, powerful, famous. Don't do that. In Christ, there is no slave or master. In Christ, we're all one. We're brothers and sisters. We are friends. We are his beloved. We are the church. We are his bride. Right? Love makes everything in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body. I talked about this on, on um, uh, candlelight service. But when people have peace, there's peace around them. But if they have a conflict here, they'll have a problem with everyone. And if you don't have peace right now in this moment, I want to encourage you, the reason you don't have peace is because there's something that hasn't been resolved. And that you go and resolve it. If you need to ask people for, 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 for forgiveness, ask people for forgiveness. If people have angered you, forgive them. Resolve that. If there's a problem with your parents, you, 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 you don't know. Now, of course, we knew that the end of the world is going to be December 21. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So now we're expecting the next, next prediction, apparently. 
it's a joke, so you guys, but you know how people always, always predict dates when the end of the world is going to be? And I'm like, dude, just stop. Jesus said, nobody knows the hour and the, the, the year, I mean, the day and the hour. To which other people say, but yeah, but he's thinking about the year. So it's just like, it just goes into a whole conspiracy thing and whatever. The point is, I can walk out of this place and get hit by a bus. And for me, the end will come right then. And I would be in his presence. And I, have to, I would have to give account for my life. And last thing I want to do or see is for Jesus to look at me and say, I never knew who you are. What, 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 what ministry? I don't know who you are. Right? Two more verses. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we are told to, to, to allow the word of God to dwell in us richly. That means that, hey, whenever you have free time, listen to podcast, audio Bible, everything that, that brings the word of God into your life. Allow that to come in and dwell in you richly. And at the same time, you are commissioned to go make disciples, to teach, to admonish, and to sing psalms and, and hymns and spiritual songs. One of the things that I love about Paul is, I don't I don't, he, he doesn't care where he's at, but he'll just say, hey, we're just going to have a worship session. And we're just going to pray together. Nat does that all the time. Like, hey, we're just going to have prayer together, you know? That's what Christ designed the church to be, is for us to live together in the body of Christ, which is the church, and to allow the Holy Spirit to change us. Now, I love this quote. Um, you probably have heard it before, but there's a quote by Mother, Mother Teresa. And she says this, people are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. Will you spend years creating? Others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and you'll never be enough. Give the best you have anyway. Because in the final analysis, it's between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Everything that we do in this life, it's not just between us. God is part of this. The way we walk, the way we talk, the way we study, the way we love. And so many, so many times we are so distracted by the things around us. And our mind, you know, if you ever had like a problem or maybe you, you got a ticket or something happened, have you noticed how your whole day is ruined? And you're like, man, I, I can't function right now. I can't, I, I can't think about work. 
Because that one thing it just just overwhelms you. And I think the enemy does that on purpose. When he, when he comes, he comes like a flood to completely overwhelm you. But we are told that when the enemy comes, the Spirit of the Lord will rise up against him. Right? And when you are eternally minded, not temporarily like well, what's happening here on earth, you are able to look at these things and say, you know what? You would be nice if I didn't have this pain. But I know that one day in glory, I will no longer have to worry about pain. I wish I didn't have to deal with lust and, and the things that I'm dealing with every single day. The hope is that in Christ, one day this, all of this will go away. One day, just like it's described in the Revelations, God himself will make his dwelling, or his house, his, his church amongst us again. He says that he will wipe away every single tear. So no matter how distressful this whole year has been crazy, no matter what's happening in politics, no matter what's happening in our churches, no matter how many leaders, if you've been watching the, the news, church leaders are falling to any kind of sin, no matter what happens, Christ won the victory and he started a work in us and the work that he started in us, he will bring to completion and we don't need to go around and make marks that, hey, Slavic was here because we have his mark on our lives. The Holy Spirit has marked us for salvation. And we can be reassured that one day we will be with him. So we don't have to go around and try to catalog every single experience. You know, you only live once. No, you don't. You live on for, for, for a long time, for forever. The question is, where are you going to spend eternity? Are you going to spend it in the presence of your creator, the source of all life? Will you be apart from him? So this is something maybe is, is something that, it's a, it's a hard message. But I really hope that you take this and you do a, a test, an examination of your heart and say, Lord, where are we? Where is my relationship with you? So I'm going to ask you right now, and uh, I'm going to call you to a prayer, and then I'm going to have Paul. He's going to finish service. But I'm going to ask you right now and say, Lord, would you show me the places in my heart where I don't have peace? And I've been trying to stuff that place with trying to get more likes and follows, trying to get more comments, trying to write my name on things and, and overperform and overachieve because I, I want to matter. Well, I think the greatest thing that happened in history of God saying that we matter is Him sending His Son to die for all of us on the cross. The cross tells us how bad our sin was that the Son of God had to die for us, but also tells us how much God loves us and that we matter and that He came for us that we might have life and life eternal. So if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I encourage you in during this prayer to say, Lord, I, I want to know this, this joy and this peace that the pastor was talking about. Lord, I want to know who you are. But if you've been walking with the Lord and you've sort of toying with this idea where you're just like, I'm going to pursue the Lord, but I'm also going to build a kingdom for myself, you will be extremely disappointed 
you can't ride and you can't ride、uh, one of those you know rides at, at the fair if you are one foot out and one foot in. You can't. You'll be dead if you did that. Right? Like you are either in or out. You are either in Christ, hidden in Christ, dead to your old, old self, or you're not. You can be having both of your feet, one here and one here, because you will kill you. So make a decision, and then walk it out by mortifying sin and putting off the old self daily, and putting on the new self in Christ. So would you stand with me? Thank you for listening to this podcast, and my hope is that this message inspired you to live in light of eternity. Please make sure to subscribe, and it would mean so much to me if you could rate and review this podcast. If you have an event that you'd like me to speak at, I would love for you to reach out to me via my website. You can also support this ministry via Patreon or the website. Thank you again, and God bless.